This is Sci-Fi Tech Talk. Welcome to Sci-Fi Tech Talk, the podcast where we explore the technology of sci-fi. I'm Julie Keel, and with me today is Mike McPeak. Hello. And Jeff Sire is not here at the moment. We'll see if he uh, makes it before the end of the recording. But this episode, we'll be covering the 2017 movie Beyond Skyline. Um, And it has a very short description, and it's pretty much the only description that's available, that a tough-as-nails detective embarks on a relentless pursuit to free his son from a nightmarish alien warship, which tells you nothing about what's going on in this movie. (laughs) Right. And I... I didn't realize it because I, when I watch the movie or after I watch the movie, I always go to IMDb and to uh, Wikipedia, to, you know, fill in blanks or things I missed. And I didn't realize this was actually a sequel to a movie called Skyline. Uh, and you get no hints of that there. There's like no, you know, previously, you know, type things on there. So I didn't realize that. And I went back and and the, the tie in between the two movies, which, again, isn't obvious in the first movie. Um, and I didn't watch the movie, just the quick synopsis. Basically, this uh, couple was taken by the aliens, and she was pregnant. Uh, and that was the couple that show up in the movie where the little girl comes from. So that's the tie-in between the two movies. Um, and it seems like, even though they're calling it a prequel, it seems like it sort of ran concurrently with this movie, uh, the best I could tell. Yeah, you know, and, and I guess I wasn't even aware of that. And now that you say that, that was um, the one bit on the movie that was okay because the 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 blue eyed red eyed dude um came from nowhere you know the one yeah. good mm-hmm. guy came from nowhere so yeah if that's the one tie into the previous movie that makes sense yeah it was sort of like here's a thing and it's like you just accept the thing and take it and you know and it's fine and you know you know as long as you know before we get into the what we usually talk about here the the tech of the movie um this movie wasn't uh, I was, you know, after the last movie where we kind of had some issues where, you know, it was okay, but there was plot holes. This one I thought was fairly good. You know, everybody was telling me what a crap movie that this was. So I went into it with really low expectations. And when I got done, it's like there were times when I was actually laughing at it. I will admit mm-hmm. that because it was so cliche and so full of tropes. And the, you know, the the CGI work, green screen work occasionally was kind of dodgy. But all in all, it was better than I expected. It was a decent movie with a decent story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, boo to all well, you people who said it was crap. <laughs> well, yeah, and it, it, it's one of those things, um, you know, we've said it here before, as long as you don't poke the science too hard. And to, to their credit, I don't. They didn't throw a lot of science out there, just enough to make it good. Things like, oh, oh, th- these DNAs seem to be related. You know, they didn't fall into the Star Trek trap of techno babble. They just kind of threw enough in there to make the story plausible, and then went on. Well, you know, and I was going to—I was actually going to give them credit for that as well, for making that connection at all. I mean, they kind of did touch on science. They literally kind of tried to explain the science of what's going on and like you say not very deeply we didn't get a lot of details but a lot of times you just are told yeah this is the way it is and that's because that's the way it is and and they did actually spend a brief few seconds trying to explain what happened in scientific terms so I th- and like you say it wasn't very deep but it was pl- plausible i mean it was they were using the right words so. Yeah, and then you know, uh, 
the, as far as the movie goes, I'm looking at these people and I'm thinking some of these people look familiar. So again, uh, deep dive into, or not a deep, but a, a dive into IMDb. And so the um, the actress at the end, uh, she's in a show I've been watching on CBS called uh, Instinct, I think it is. Um, so she's on there, and then the 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 detective. Uh, I don't exactly remember him, but he's been in a lot of the comic book movies, the Marvel and the DC. Uh, just a quick perusal of his page there. So he's been in like Batman versus Superman, but he's also been in like uh, some of the Avenger movies or the Captain America movies. I know he's in Civil War and Winter Soldier. So um, you know, action flicks are you know he that seems to be his thing right now. Um, and there's a few other people. The black dude looked a little, you know, familiar, and it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. They, they, you definitely right. They, they were familiar faces, but not necessarily not really known faces. It's not like it was, you know, uh, Chris Pratt and Idris Elba and I don't even know who the cow would be, but yeah, but they were. They did have a, a touch of familiarity to them. Just as a precursor, because, you know, spoilers, that's what we do here. Um, that description does not do this movie any justice. Um, basically, alien, there's an L.A. cop with a, a son who's, you know, kind of in trouble. And um, they wind up on a subway when the aliens arrive. And then the aliens use this light beam to, you know, like turn people into zombies and then lift them through this this you know they float them up to their spaceship and then they do they pull their brains out and (laughs) put them into like uh transformer things or something and then they go back and you know invade earth and you know they bombed all the big cities and then they're going down to you know tier two cities and so this LA cop gets sucked up into the, the the alien ship and tries to find his son and runs across a bunch of people that he tries to save and then this lady has a baby and then the baby starts growing really fast and then they get out of the they crash land in Laos, um, formerly known as Cambodia I think and um, you know run into the guerrilla war going on there so we've got humans fighting humans while the aliens are still attacking which is like stop anyway. Um, and then, I don't even remember. Then they run into the doctor, like an underground resistance unit there who knew the aliens were coming or something. And anyway, there's a doctor there and some other fighters there. And then the aliens come there and they crash everything. And then the, the guy's son who had died got turned into an alien. But guess what? He's a good alien. So he helps fight the other aliens. And then the little girl who was born on the alien ship has the DNA that can stop all of this. She's the, you know, the the thing, the person, the whatever. That the hybrid. Yeah, that, that kills off all the bad guys and lets all the good guys live. And then they li- live happily ever after, except that the the little girl then grows up to lead the war where the humans and the human hybrids go up into space and take on the bad aliens. The end. Yeah, you kind of left out the part where the girl ages like three years overnight. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they left room for a, a, a potential sequel there because they said, now we're going to take the fight to them. Right. Uh, which which could be fun. I, it could. Uh, like I say, I, I this movie, you know, I'm sitting there and, you know, it wasn't, uh, it was a nice, uh, let's call it, 
sci-fi light movie. I mean, it wasn't hardcore, but it had sci-fi, it had some good action stuff to it. And, um, and you know, my uh, mark for, uh, you know, how well I like a movie is how soon I look at my watch. I'm inevitably going to look at any movie, but it's like, if you look at it within the first half hour, you know, this thing probably has issues. Uh, and it took me a while before I, I did that. So, you know, overall the, uh, you know, I thought this movie was, you know, uh, pretty good. It held my attention. Uh, no gaping, you know, faux pas. And, and yet, I'm a casual observer. I know there are hardcore people. Yeah, you notice certain green thing, uh, green screen things that, you know, I didn't notice so well. But I was, I want to say, reasonably impressed with the special effects of this movie. I was reasonably impressed with the design, the design of the aliens yeah. and the ships and the technology that they had. Um, that was, you know, it felt a little bit like Predator. Um, yeah. But, you know, still, that stuff is kind of amazing. Um, so the the people who designed that, and then the people – one of the nice things that this had, watched it on Netflix, it basically had a few seconds of bloopers at the end. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, which was hilarious. And you really got to see the outfits that the the actors had to wear in order to film this. So it's not all CGI. It's not completely CGI. Um, some of those were costumes that people had to endure. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, – I- I was going to say, I felt for the, the alien dude, not how many of them they had, but because I saw the same one several times, but he's wearing what amounted to modified uh, sheet rockers stilts. Um, uh, they were more like the uh, the biometric ones. that right, the uh, blades. Yeah, that people uh, who have lost limbs use. Uh, they resemble that, but yeah. So he's a but he's a normal you know guy from what I could tell in the suits, but with legs standing on these things. So he kind of had to endure that, and that uh, helmet looked a little clunky because it fell off a time or two, and they were giving him crap about that. Yeah, and he felt he literally toppled over a couple times, <laughs> and they were laughing at that as well. But you know, so welcome to the craft of acting. You know, the challenge of acting. You have to do all that stuff. But yeah, the the ship design, you know, felt a little bit like uh, Independence Day. The the alien designs felt a little bit like Predator, but they're still impressive, and they're also right. very alien. Um, they they that that particular, you know, for the longest time, we spaceships were flying saucers, and mm-hmm. we seem to be in an era where spaceships are these spiky tentacle. It's kind of like uh, Star Trek, even. Um, the movie, well, the, the, that spiky ship that Nero was on, and uh, the, the their ship, uh, and I think they didn't directly address it, but it was uh, sort of uh, let's go with organic because I think it was sort of a living. Yeah, that was a, that was actually something I wanted to to talk about because I was not certain how much of that ship was organic and how much of it was you know mineral. Um, I don't right. think anything was vegetable on it. Maybe I don't know, but some um, of the humans. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but um, it, I, you, I just—it was hard to draw a line between what was organic and what wasn't because it, they were almost like Borg, you know, where you had a certain amount of organic, and in in the case of this movie, I suppose it would be a human brain um, that was inside of this machine. 
was it a machine? Um, well, was it? A... It was. It is a biometric suit, basically, uh, you know, bionics or uh, uh, biology and mechanical stuff that would take a human brain that was then controlled by the the master alien. And uh, now, what? How many aliens did you feel like there was there? Was there just basically one running the ship, and then the rest were all drones? There was definitely one running the ship. There was a leader. Um, I didn't get the impression the rest were drones um, because they did seem to have, you know, they were kind of on their own um, to to do things. But they they were Borg. They really were. Now that I think about it, because they seemed to be collective. I mean, they were certainly connected. You know, there were there were communications happening um, where. You know, like if something was going on on the mothership, then, you know, the, the people on the ground, people, did I call them people, uh, on the ground would be aware of that. And then the same, and vice versa, the, the leader of the ship could kind of tap into what was going on down on the ground. And that was that was actually one of the things that somewhat bugged me. Um, if this leader on the ship is orchestrating a global invasion, you know, and he's focused in on one dude in L.A., it's like, hmm, no, not not likely. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so th- that was that was one of the bits that just kind of was like, yeah, we're gonna give you a mulligan on that one. Sure. But it, but it did it really did feel like Borg um, because they would take some some and in this case human brains um, and shove them into a cyborg you know unit you know wire them up and then. Um, that that connection appeared to be permanent, and then that alien would jump into some machine. Those that was those big honking things, the transformer things. Those felt like they were machines, um, but you could kill them with machine gun fire and fire. Well, yeah. As soon as I saw that one, I thought of Julie. Of kill course, it, kill it with fire. I, I laughed real hard at that. I'm like, yep. It always goes back to fire. As a matter of fact, they even yeah. make a comment in there, something about, you know, everything burns. And I'm like, no, not everything. <laughs> but, um, well, t- technically, you know, if you throw it in the sun, most everything will burn. So, yeah, well, but, except the sun hasn't burned up yet. So, anyway. Well, true, true. Um, oh, yeah, and that, that was one other thing I was going to mention about the movie, too. They weren't... Uh, they were okay with uh, sacrificing people, except you know for the two key people that, ma- well, three I guess that made it to the end. Um, but because I'm going, hey, I kind of like this guy. Oh crap, he's dead. Right. Uh, yeah. Like the police detective, the, and then yep. some of the people in their uh, little group that they had. And the then blind son, guy. Bison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the, although gal the son in the, in the jungle. Yep. Yeah, and so the uh, yeah the the uh, the guy's sister or whatever. So um, the technically though the son survived. It's just that his brain is in this alien thing. Yeah. Um, but they weren't you know so they do. I've I guess I kind of like it although I d- didn't like to see the characters die. It's like oh crap you know because I kind of like a lot of them. But you know at least they were a, w- the, w- willing to say hey we'll take somebody and if it'll further the story well they, they're dead so okay. Um, well, and in the case of the the main dude's son, the fact that he died um, and got turned into an alien becomes important. And if they ever do the you know a third movie in this, he's really going to be a main character because he's kind of yep. the lead alien. Um, there's the the hybrid girl whose name is Rose. We find out um, who's kind of the 
the commander of the you know taking the war to them but Trent the the guy's son is like the lead alien you know general standing by her side so yeah if that if that ever if the third movie ever gets made that's probably a big role there um but it was interesting how he was lost uh matter of fact that the one sentence um synopsis that imdb gives us about you know basically this detective is just focused on you know saving his son well at some point it if he lost him and that was kind of weird i remember when we were at that point in the movie i'm like oh really um huh that's interesting but yeah in the end his son is not necessarily lost it's just not this you know the happy ending that you may have expected if you know somebody said yeah he's going to be a a, a character at the end so right yeah well, and we've kind of, I guess, skipped past the uh, the first uh, tech, I guess, we see in this movie, the blue light, um, which is how they're acquiring all these people. Yeah, the, the, the alien spaceship, basically, you know, back to flying saucers, that was the thing. The flying saucer would always shine a light down on Earth, and then the that would lift people, you know, anti-grav them or whatever up into the alien ship. That's exactly what they did in this movie. I mean, it was so cliché. Um, but one of the things that they did first, and this is also a bit of a science fiction cliche, um, don't look at the light. Because um, if you looked at the blue light, you know, your eyes glazed over and your face turned into a bunch of veins and, you, you know, you just became a zombie. And you would walk towards the light and then you'd get sucked up in the big light beam and you would be on the alien ship and they would rip your brain out. So um, that was, the blue light was the first clue that this was not like nuclear war right and they at least um yeah i don't know you can probably argue about how well it was uh, was done but they at least tried to explain that and a lot of the uh, the rest of the movie by saying that now jumping to the end almost uh that we are uh, the D- there's a DNA match between us and the aliens, and they kind of speculated that we were nothing more than I think they used the term a cow farm uh, or something similar to that in the movie that we was left here you know uh, thousands or you know however long ago hundreds of thousands of years ago to basically you know for the, to, for us to multiply so they can come back and harvest our us or our brains apparently the brains was the only thing they really cared about because the rest of the body was thrown away like an empty husk like you were shucking peas or something um but uh so that was the explanation and so therefore you know that's what was why we're why they were able to create the the hybrid and everything so um i thought that was a okay way of explaining a lot of stuff like the blue light was their way of just basically you know calling calling people back to um you know to be to be harvested or whatever so i thought it was neither good nor bad i thought it was just okay yeah and that's that would be again i like this show far more than i expected to but i will say that there are several things that they just kind of lean on cliches Oh, yeah. Where it's like, yeah, that's okay. I mean, and okay, I have to admit, there was one scene at the towards the very end where they were, there was four people backed into a corner and they were, you know, doing the the circle around camera effect, and I just about laughed. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> really? 
That is, yes. I mean, that's such a cliche that it was, it was, I laughed. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, there you go. But, well, and then the other, the other thing, yeah, like you were talking about cliches too, you know, when they got to the part where they, you know, ripped the guy's brains out, I couldn't help it. I went, brains. Right, I did too. I did too. <laughs> there was a couple of times, like, oh my God, really? I mean, because yeah. it really did hit the, the, you know, the whole blue light turns you into a zombie and then the aliens eat your brains. I'm like, oh, I'm so tired of zombie anything. <laughs> Well, at least it wasn't eating. At least they were transplanting them into another, you know, into a uh, body, let's call it. Uh, so it wasn't just quite eating them. Uh, so they at least took it to a slightly better level, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they um, had their little twist on the cliches. And I think that's why they got away with it. I mean, it, yeah. was, it was very, you know, um, I was about to use the word formulaic. Maybe, maybe not, but they definitely grabbed stuff off the shelf and twi- put just a slight twist to it and, and cobbled them all together. Made a pretty decent movie from it, you know. Um, so, you know, that they actually did a good job of tying all of those familiar things. You know, we're, we are familiar with all of those concepts. That's why cliches work. Um, and, uh, you know, managed to, to make them not... Just just a little bit different, like you say. They weren't eating right. the brains; they didn't feed no. them to them. So slightly tongue in cheek, I think, for some of that. Yeah. Um, and you know, and that was yeah. I, I, you know, like I said, I'm trying to assign a tone to this. I was going to say they didn't take themselves entirely seriously, but it wasn't you know necessarily a comedy. They kept the tone light. I think if they would have tried to go too dark, uh, they may have lost uh, people. But like I say. They they uh, kept it light enough, but still they were willing to sacrifice people, kill them off. Um, so I think they kind of found that balance. Like I say, the tropes that we all know, put a little twist on them. So, you know, it, we didn't have to spend a lot of time. That's the problem that some movies have, uh, like maybe Dune and some of those others. You have to spend so much time figuring out what's going on. This one here, they kind of give you the tropes. Uh, put their own little spin on it so you feel comfortable yep. with the movie because you kind of understand it. Yeah, it's a very low um, intellect. You know, it doesn't require much brain effort to figure out what's going on. Um, right. I, I will say that there, it, it does also manage to make you think. Uh, 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 there's a couple of things that you could think on for a while, but for the most part, it is a you watch it and then you walk away and go, yeah, that was cool. And then it's not going to keep you up at night or it's not going to be the kind of thing that you're going to ponder for years, like some things that we've read and or watched. Um, So, you know, it's good hour and a half, two hour entertainment. And uh, like you say, it's kind of comfortable. It's kind of, it's kind of like chicken soup in the fall. It's like (laughs) comfort food, sci-fi style. Yeah, no, no hard thinking. Although, like I say, when they did get to the part about we were seated here, it did make me think just a you know a little bit about okay, what's you know the ramifications behind that? Yeah, and there's another trope, the whole you know Earth's been seated from some uh, some master race, Earth human humans as a food source for some some alien is also a trope that's out there. So you know. They, but again, they tied it all together in a unique way, and that's what you call, you know, creativity. So, um, sure, yeah, that's. I did like. Uh, I did the 
the one thing this is, now that I think about it uh, ancient aliens this is all these whoever wrote this movie has been watching ancient aliens far too long um you know the the aliens came and planted the humans, and of course some some temple in the Laotian jungle is going to be the the source of the resistance or you know the the what did they say it was a place where they worship the gods and now it's going to be the final resistance to fighting the gods or something so yeah um that too is kind of a little bit cliche um but again comfort familiar it's that, sure. that wasn't anything that i mean at least it was something that i could pull in from other places where I'd seen or heard or, um, you know, similar concepts being talked about. So, yeah. Well, and, and like I say, they would, uh, uh, they would put their own spin on this. So their, their spin was that they weren't counting on evolution that we, you know, evolved and we'd like, are like fighting back. I mean, where would we be if like, you know, pigs ever, you know, decided to fight back? We, there are cows. We'd be kind of screwed. <laughs> well, knowing cows and pigs, they do fight back every now and then. That's true. <laughs> not in an organized way though. Let's, let's hope not. That yeah. could get ugly. That's called Buffalo. Buffalo can do that. Anyway, <laughs> um, there, the other weapons that were in, okay, this was one of the things that brought me out of the movie and made me laugh and thought, fail. Endless ammunition. Oh my oh. god. Yeah, these guys had, you know, little handguns and they were just firing, 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 firing. I mean, like, the, only once did I see them um, run out of ammo and had to switch a magazine. But of course, they had a magazine, you know, to put in there. So that was my one thing where it was like yeah this is kind of going to be like a video game where you know you just get all the ammunition you could possibly use well you you apparently missed the uh uh line at uh, towards the beginning of the movie when he runs into his detective friends and he asks uh, do you have any extra clips so there was your endless uh ammunition supply because he had extra clips extra clips um, which he didn't yeah. carry with him you know because he was there was a couple of things that pulled me out of the movie that was one the endless ammunition never never having to reload that kind of thing or at least not nearly enough for what was being shown you know like a shotgun that they shot i don't know 25 times um th- that type of stuff the other thing that brought me out of the movie there was one scene in there where um the hero and i don't even know the guy's name um falls out of the alien ship and gets his leg impaled, you know, like Luke Skywalker oh, yeah. falling out of, you know, the the ship, that, that scene from Star Wars, gets his leg impaled and pulls himself off and crawls back in the ship and whatever, and he was hobbling along there for a while. Then the good alien that's on the ship, which is the tie back to the previous movie, apparently, knows that, he, matter of fact, I was wondering about that, how does he know this need, the wound needs to be cauterized? Because he heats up something and cauterizes the wound, which, you know, that stops the bleeding, but it doesn't fix the leg. But this guy, in the span of like two days, I think this whole movie takes place over the span of like two days, maybe three, um, is running around the jungles of Cambodia or Laos and um, no big deal. You know, I'm like, okay, for starters, you're not running. And secondly, you now have an infection so bad that you would be, you know, feverish and unable to move. Um, So that whole business of he just impaled his leg or he got all of these wounds or even that that uh, implant he got left a mark 
and you know he had right. no ill effects when fighting, <laughs> running, lifting himself, crawling up ropes, whatever. I'm like, yeah, no. Can yeah, that one. Uh, I noticed that one, and then the other one was the, uh, the the black guy who gets impaled, and then he's you know walking and jumps in the water and swims. He does die though. At least there's some realism there. But I'm kind of sitting there going, if you had just gotten stabbed in the gut, first of all, uh, I think you might have bled out by then, depending upon what was hit. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm pretty sure you're not going to want to jump or swim because that's going to be like, I don't know, excruciating pain. Never had that problem, but I'm going to take a guess and say it's going to hurt like hell. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's some of those. And, and oh, God. The, the other part that pulled me out of the movie, this got to be so so cliche, it pulled me out. The, the, the Chinese martial arts film towards the end yeah everything goes goes down to hand-to-hand combat with an alien and so this this goes back to the the question are these things organic or um you know metal material you know mineral based you know non-organic um because they were in the hand-to-hand combat and they were using knives and machete and um guns and whatever and the aliens were quote-unquote bleeding um they were spurting out goo at least maybe it was oil but um (laughs) They they did appear to behave. I mean, they were slicing them, and they appeared to bleed. So, I there was a there was some. I don't know if the writers or the directors ever fully decided that they were organic or not. Um, right. Because they would, you know, they would bleed like that, but then they would have these things like that would go on their arms that would be like a sword or a blade of some sort, and it's like. So is that, yeah, just, you were never quite sure what the heck they were. Maybe that was intentional. Well, well kind of like the ship, too, again, because there was parts of it, because he slices stuff open, and it kind of looks like, you know, spider webs or, you know, some sort of organic-type construct. Uh, but the outside of the ship was metal, uh, you know. So I think it was, uh, and again, uh, I'm going to give it to their credit that they didn't try to elaborate too much. They just kind of said, here's the thing. Let's just right. run with it. And that's, uh, just, that works. I think because if they would yeah. Because you didn't, you didn't think about it too hard. You mean, you just, no. you couldn't because it was, it, wasn't inexplicable. Right. They're, they're aliens. They're able to mix mechanics and, you know, uh, biology together and make it work. Just run with it. So, okay. Um, yeah, that I was fine with. Now, the one thing I did think was, I don't know, moderately cool. And you know, you just mentioned about the the knife thing that you had implanted on your arm. I'm sitting there thinking, what's the worst thing you can do in a knife fight? Drop your knife. Well, okay, it's welded to your arm, so okay, you've eliminated that problem. <laughs> yeah, it's basically Wolverine's, you know, claws yeah. that got put on. It's yeah, it's hmm, again. Hmm, interesting, kind yeah. of cliche, but sure. and I, I was wondering too because at one point uh, does this thing like wilt or where? Because at one point he's he's trying to use it and there's like nothing there. The thing, the apparatus is still there, but his point is kind of like yeah, I don't it was know, like malfunctioning. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and it, it was kind of like Wolverine's claws. How do you retract those? And you know, what, is it hook wired into your brains, or your nervous system? What activates that? What you know, what makes it turn on and turn off? I, no idea. It was magic. 
Sure. Yeah. You just jam your arm in there and it gets uh, attached to it. And even when this thing is like separated from the ship, you can still stick your arm in there and, and get a knife out. It's sort of like a alien vending machine where you just, you know, uh, you know knife, uh, a knife dispenser, of, you know, some sort. So, okay. Yeah. It's it, this, you wind up giving, because this movie didn't require you to think real hard, you gave it a lot of leeway to sure. you know, not ask too many questions. You know. Now one of the one of the questions I did ask because I am me. Um, he gets this thing on his arm and he's carrying the kid around. And I'm thinking, how do you change a diaper with a big old okay. hook out there? That was another thing that brought me out of the movie. They're they're running around with this baby in the jungle of Laos, and they're like, oh yeah, we need a change. I'm like, okay, and where is the diaper? You 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 did not bring diapers with you. There, you, no, they were not diapers at the L.A. you know police department that you shoved in your pockets. I mean, what the hell are you going to change with? I mean, what? Right. It- and it wasn't like the mother was prepared because she was only like supposedly three months pregnant, but because of the aliens, it was all sped up and then she gave birth and died. So right. it wasn't like she was ready. It's not like she had a go bag there with her. Yeah, they could and grab, I mean, so. there's the whole argument about clothes too. Where where did you find clothes? I mean, I could I could see that you would have found a piece of fabric. They did wrap her in some, you know, swaddling. Right. Um, well, it's I noticed. Know, I noticed that, but I just thought, well, they're at the camp. There's other children there. They were able to get, you know, something for us. I kind of went, okay. I'll I thought of that as well. It, it, sure. it didn't. It the camp didn't look to be family based, but you know, yeah, there are kids all over the planet, and people have been pooping their pants as youngsters <laughs> for you know millennia. So um, it's not like it's a new problem. Um, uh-uh. So it's. Uh, the fact that they might have found somebody that would have something that could be used, sure. But it was just the way it was like, no, the baby needs to be changed. Like, really? Really? That's your biggest problem right now is that the baby needs to be changed. It's like, just well, pull pull the pull whatever's wrapped around him off. And, you know, you're in the jungle. It's probably warm enough. They're not going to freeze. Well, yeah. And, the, and the, I say certain things that, I won't say it pulled me out of the movie, but it did kind of, you know, make me think a little bit was I know babies aren't quite as fragile as people would want them to believe. But I don't know about carrying one through a jungle, jumping out of alien ships, jumping into a river. Okay, I I realize you have to do what you got to do, but I'm just kind of like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And especially (laughs) since... Yeah, especially since they were literally carrying her. I mean, it'd be one thing if if the baby was like strapped, you had a baby sling or something, a baby backpack, and you would do that. That would be one thing. But like the impact, I mean, it's it's the reason you don't hold children on your lap in a car. I mean, I don't care how how tightly you hold them. The impact means that that force is going to rip that child out of your arms. The same thing with jumping in a river. Um, I don't care how tightly you grab the baby. You you jump into the river, and the force is going to push the child right out of your arms so um yeah there was there's a lot of things there that are just mulligans yeah like i say if you if that's the problem and and i i think we still like the movie after we've gotten done discussing this but there are those things but they've done it in such a way that you notice them but it's like okay we'll give you guys this one and this one you know this one it's true but and as much as we're picking it apart um and there were 
again, th- this movie was not a deep thought movie. It, it you no. didn't. It wasn't like Europa Report where you got sucked in and just your brain was like, oh my god, you know what? You know, you you were just totally in the 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 movie. This one, it was you know, it was familiar, it was comfortable, it was um, well written and well acted. I mean, there was no real issues with that. It was it it, but it because it didn't require you to think about pretty much anything. Um, you you didn't ask a lot of questions then either, so you just you just took it at face value. Um, the like I say, the little bit of science that they explained as far as why the DNA was you know why why the girl was growing like she was or how she differed, she wasn't actually human, um, and uh, how that may have happened and what the benefits of that might be. Again, there was just enough science there to you know not be magic. Um, but not enough to actually, you know, make you think, huh, that wasn't right. I No, that can't right. happen. So, you know, um, so, you know, they did a nice balance of that trying to, you know, entertain you versus, you know, trying to, you know, make you think or, or whatever. Because if, you, if they'd have tried to make you think and it had been poorly executed, that's where it gets really bad. Or if it's trying, you know... I guess we have a lot of movies that don't make you think at all that are well executed. They're brilliant, um, and this kind of leans towards that. It doesn't. It's it's mm-hmm. not brilliantly executed because it, there are some gaps that we've been discussing, but it's still good entertainment, and it doesn't require you to think too hard. No, and I think the other thing, at least for me, uh, that helped this movie was that the character development was. Let's go with good enough. I mean, they didn't give you an extensive background. The detective and his son are estranged. The, his wife dies. You know, they've had issues. They don't you know, spend a lot of time in the psychological background of this, but you get enough to, you know, understand their situation and care a little bit. And then you come to care about the the other characters. Um, now, like when we watched The Titan, you know, I think we, uh, we all kind of said that some of those characters were either like dicks or, you know, idiots or, you know, something, you know, we had problems with the characters. I would say, you know, most of the characters in this movie, you know, they stayed away from any character flaws and they were good enough. Yeah, they were good enough. They certainly hit on some stereotypes. Um, they, they certainly played stereotypes in this, but again, the characters were good enough. Um, it wasn't, you were wondering who they were or what they were going to do next. I mean, there was no, it was back to this whole low mental effort thing. You didn't have to wonder about them too much. You know, what really, what are they really up to? Or, you know, what are they really thinking? Or where did they come from? You know, so yeah, those are well played, well written, well yeah, well, like you got your hero. He wasn't necessarily Superman. He wasn't the complete yutz. And so he struck that balance so you cared about him. And, you know, like his son, you know, you can see the, the troubled kid. You know, Yeah, it's all tropes. But the troubled kid that you hope would, you know, get his life turned around, he sort of does till he gets his brain ripped out. And the you know, uh, the train conductor that, you know, you're rooting for as well, you know, she's she's pretty. and uh, But, you know, she seems like a decent human being. And the the uh, the black Vietnam veteran, um, 
you know, because yeah, you're you're rooting for these people, uh, and like I say, I did feel a little. There's times I've seen characters die in a movie, and it's like it's either somewhere between yeah, whatever, or it's about finally time. And at least you know when these characters died, I felt you know somewhat bad. So I would say, as far as character development goes, they achieved their purpose if you care enough about them that you're you know somewhat sad to see them go. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah, good point. Because, yeah, you weren't really heavy invested in him. You weren't like, you know, like, okay, the the classic, the the, the epitome of this is Game of Thrones. You know, spoiler, mm-hmm. when when they off Ned Stark, you were just like, what? Um, this doesn't do that. Um, right. it, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that was a good character. Oh, yeah, that character died. Well, there's still a few characters. So to some extent, you were kind of wondering who was going to be left standing at the end. Um you, you weren't sure if it was, might just be the one person. And I, and there was a point, there was a, uh, a time in the movie, maybe halfway, two-thirds of the way through, where it's like, okay, how does this end? I mean, how do we, it's fight, fight, right. fight. Matter of fact, at some point I got, I was thinking to myself, I'd have given up by now. I mean, because really, mm-hmm. I, I, why, why do I want to live? Um, because I'm just going to um, have to deal with this crap all the time. So, but to some extent, as I said that, that's about the time they revealed that what they were doing is um, putting these brains in these alien bodies and, you know, basically you got to live on as a zombie, you know. So, okay, yeah, I, avoiding that would be desirable, yeah. So, but there there was this the whole business of, you know, how does this end? I mean, how I, I wasn't expecting a happy ending, but there had to be, you know, the end of the movie. And I wasn't quite sure how that would play out. Yeah, I was going to say, so basically I think our synopsis of this movie is uh, enough science to make it work, character development that's you know, about the right balance so you don't have to spend a lot of time getting to know them, but you have just enough to, uh, you, to care about them. Uh, you know, they stayed away from the, well, you did have the alien who was the bad guy, but you know, quite often they'll... Uh, among your other cast, they'll have this uh, the uh, what was the guy from Lost in Space, the uh, the evil doctor that was yeah. with him, but but wasn't with them. Um, I forget Doctor Smith or whatever his name was. Yeah, that uh, sounds right. Yeah, so you know they stayed away from you know throwing that because they were all united. So you know they were all basically good guys trying their best. There was no dissension in the ranks. So you know it didn't throw you off emotionally there. So you had the good guys you're rooting for, the big bad alien or aliens. Never did quite figure that one out. Uh, that you're you know rooting against. So like I say, I think that they struck the right balance there. Um, yeah, and I I think like we said in this last movie, it kind of falls into that B uh, science fiction movie. Uh, realm where uh not too heavy but still enjoyable a good way to spend half an hour uh yeah it's not a europa report it's not going to be you know any major sci-fi thriller but um it was not a bad way to spend about a little over an hour and a half watching it unlike some of these movies that we are sitting there going you know uh what was that one that we never did do an episode on it's hard to be a god Yes, it was hard to watch that movie. Yeah, so you know that movie is like our epitome of don't do this, people. Yeah, um, yeah. and so, but you know, like I say, this one, I think it, it hit all the right points to be enjoyable. Uh, yeah, maybe it would have been nice if they would have stretched and gone for a little more, but I don't know. Maybe that would have ruined the movie too. Here, here's my final take on it: 
if they do a sequel, I I want to watch it. You yeah, know? basically. So, yeah. So, you it, know, well done, people. It wasn't any great, you know, classic, sci-fi classic that's going to be talked about for generations probably, but it was entertaining and I would be willing to do more of it. I might yeah. even go back and watch the first one um, because, yeah, it would be interesting to see. Um, yeah, so they've achieved their, you know, Hollywood goal of, uh, do you want to watch another? Uh, so, yeah, and did it in such a way that, uh, you know, and I, from what I've seen, like I haven't seen the first movie either, but just from reading stuff online, this movie was, you know, actually a little bit better than the first, so they've improved on it as they went. Um like I say, from what I could gather, but, uh, and so, you know, the next one, if they take that momentum and work on it and do it in such a way, you know, maybe it won't be an Ender's game, but it, it could potentially be, you know, a decent movie taking the fight to the aliens. So they got something different to play with there. You know, not again, that's something that's been done many times before, but let's see what you guys can do with it. Right. I don't know if it made money. I mean, it didn't rake uh, in a ton of bucks. Didn't, near as I can tell. It didn't. Uh, and I don't know what the metric is for a good uh, movie here, but it did gross uh, nearly a, near, a billion dollars, nine hundred ninety-nine, or nearly a million. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, wrong decimal point. Um, but yeah, opening weekend was uh, just about uh, three hundred and seventy-six. $1,000, so $100,000. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of budget for this. There were a couple of scenes, you know, they were obviously green screen scenes um, that, you know, I don't think they were spending top dollar for, for effects, so I have no idea what the budget was and, and as to whether or not they made, mo made money, you know, whether it was a profitable movie. Um, so, but, you know, Hopefully it uh, did well enough that they might consider doing the third one. Yeah, because I would be, you know, open for that. Because, like I said, it, it, I could see, you know, I'm not always Mr. Obvious, but I could see that they left it dangling there that they could do, a, you know, a third if they wanted. I'm kind of going, you know, and the, the true test is if you get to the end of the movie and it's like, yeah, I'd watch the third one just to see what happens. So Yeah. Yep. So I think that's going to um, bring us to the end of this episode. Is there any of the tech that was shown here? That uh, you want? Well, I don't know. I mean, the um, one part of me, the uh, the biometric suits, because I see a lot of people who aren't using their brains. Maybe we could put them to better use. Um, that's the cynical side of me. Uh, on the practical side, yeah. Um, I... Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, nothing that really, you know, really grabbed me because uh, most of the stuff wasn't like, you know, I mean, it was life altering, but not in a good way. I can't. The only thing I'm kind of reaching for is the knife was semi cool. But... Yeah, it's interesting that there was no human tech. Basically, the human tech was existed was flares fire. and guns. Yeah, <laughs> fire and, and yeah. So they're really wasn't any tech to speak of on the human side radios you know whatever landmines um so all of the tech was alien and because the aliens were portrayed as bad guys in this um a lot of the tech that was portrayed was bad 
evil tech. And so, yeah, why would you want, you know, a nursery full of brain sacks that, you know, births out aliens or whatever? So, yeah, no, there's not really a lot of tech from this movie I'd be interested in, you know. Not even the... I, do, I was interested that the uh, spaceship, the mothership, basically looked like a... Um, was it? A, it wasn't a stingray. Hammerhead shark? No... Uh, oh, it looked like a, a fish, basically. Sure. Some sort of a ray. I can't think of it. It's kind of the rays that are a combination of a, of a, uh, hammerhead shark and a you know a, a sting a devil's what are they called stingray. Um, okay. I don't live by an ocean. I don't know what these things sure. are called. Um, so. Well, it, it, I, it, the I, organic stuff. You know the the human perspective. The organic point of reference kind of was playing out there a little bit i i did notice i think they called them tankers or whatever whatever the uh the good guy was using at the end of the battle the bad guy it sort of reminded me of zoiberg a little bit with the dangly things sure. uh on the front of the ship but you know that was my observation yeah. maybe that was intentional i don't know so basically nope we don't want any attack <laughs> we don't want the aliens <laughs> no please don't invade back. the earth yeah we got we got things yeah. to do so i think that's going to wrap up this episode of sci-fi tech talk uh, you can check us out at sci-fi or follow us on twitter at sci-fi tech talk if you have ideas or comments you can send them to greetings at sci-fi and reviews on itunes are always welcome uh mike where can people find you out on the internet well, if they want to hear more of me, I can be found on Twitter at DSC Chipman, and I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak, that's M-C-P-E-E-K. And if you want to hear the other podcast I do, go over and check out geekiestshowever.com to uh, hear about all sorts of geek things from computers to oh, whatever we want to talk about. <laughs> I, too, can be found on Twitter at Julie Keel, J-U-L-I-E. K-U-E-H-L and links to the other blogs, podcasts, and whatever else I've got going on can be found at about.me slash Julie Keel. The next episode, we're going to try covering the 2018 movie Tau, uh, where a woman is held captive by a scientist in a futuristic smart house and hopes to escape by reasoning with the artificial intelligence that controls the house. But that's it for this show, and we'll see you in the future. Where she's wandering at her. Where she's wandering at her. It's the sci-fi tech talk.